This is Tony Malazzo, and you are alive and on board, and today's guest is Eleanor Kerrigan. How are you, Eleanor? Good. How are you? Good. Thank Good. you for having me on this live well, and on board show. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you. You're a very talented actress and comic. Yeah, I try to be. Yeah, I know I've worked with you before. We've worked at the Comedy Store, West Side, uh, just here in L.A. I know you're an East Coast girl, too. Yes. Uh, you're from Philly, right? South Philly. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. I think that follows everything on the East Coast. I have a lot of friends from Philly, including the Stallones. Oh, yes. Yeah. No one believes me they're from Philly. No, yeah, they're from Philly. Uh, Sylvester is my pseudo-husband. Oh, really? So Frank is my pseudo-brother-in-law. Really? So I know them uh, well, actually. Oh, great, great. Yeah, I know Frank very well. I used to work out at the compound. I was one of the soldiers. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. What do you mean we work we out? Will, we like your box? Yeah, oh, we okay. all kickbox and box. I didn't and, know that. Yeah. yeah. That's great. They, um, Frank comes to a couple Dice shows. He came to the Roxy. And I feel like he came to another show. I can't remember where we were, but he's just, him and Andrew are good friends. Him and Dice are good friends. Oh, great. And Sly, too. Yeah. In fact, um, well, growing up in South Philly, it's, uh, it's almost like, we, you know, that Rocky yeah. is real for it, us. Well, it is real. <laughs> it is real. No, I know, but it's like we... The metaphor. No, right, right. Yeah, and I know all the... Uh, whatever. But I'm saying like, you know, Joe Frazier is imaginary to us sometimes. Right. It's kind of sad. But right. it's silly. <laughs> you know, that's just how we are. It's our, you know, you have to know Rocky. If I meet somebody that don't know Rocky and don't know all of them in and out, yeah. I walk away. <laughs> I'm, I might even punch them in the face, but I do walk away. I will I not. I kind of agree with you. Yeah, I will not converse with you. I mean, if you haven't seen Rocky, what Rocky? It's inappropriate. Been it's, yeah. yeah, it's inappropriate, and uh, the whole underdog thing and everything, everything about going it. going for your dreams. Exactly. It's so many different things in that, in all of them. Yeah. And if somebody tells me, "Oh, this one wasn't good." I punch them in the face and I walk away. I don't care. <laughs> don't tell me any of them weren't good. They were all good. Eleanor, I think they were all great. Please don't punch me. Yes, I'm. I won't. I'm holding my hands down as we're talking about this. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, because I get angry when I do have anger issues, <laughs> um, which is why Sly will only have me as a pseudo wife and not <laughs> real. Oh, okay. Now, does he know you're a pseudo wife? Like, if no. the next time I see Sly and Frank, will they remember that? Uh, that no, he's. He's not really in on it, <laughs> but uh, I've got things like that going on too. By the way, <laughs> you, well, here, here's the weird thing. Like, I uh, I don't know if you know this, but I went out with Dice for years. Right. We were dating, mm -hmm. and um, we split up for a little while. And I was moving. I was going to move back east. I was going to move to New York. And he, uh, Dice, proposed to me. And I, I was like, no, I don't want to get married. You know, for a week, we were going back and forth. Not, uh, I wasn't answering him, basically. Yeah. So one day, we were at lunch, and I went to the bathroom. And when I came back, he goes, I want to introduce you to somebody. And he introduced me to Sylvester Stallone. And I literally was standing there. I was like, oh, my God, you're waiting for me to answer you to get married. And you bring... <laughs> The man of my dreams. <laughs> I have been writing Sylvester and Eleanor on books since yesterday. Uh, you know, from birth to yeah, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> like, I still do it every day. Uh, 
And you bring the man of my dreams. Well, you to, put it out in the atmosphere, so there it is. I literally, I was so nervous. <laughs> and I looked at him, and he was, he was doing um, Rocky at the time, you know, mm-hmm. the final. Yeah. And I, <laughs> Balboa, huh? I looked at him, and I went, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> That's all I could say. <laughs> He's the only person that could make me giddy, yeah. like a schoolgirl. Yeah. And then Andrew's like, what are you looking at him for? I'm like, well, you brought him in. <laughs> you know it's what I like. <laughs> yeah, so once we're there, we're talking about Dice. Uh, Eleanor has toured with Dice. Um, I know it was, you toured for a couple years, right? We're still on tour. We still, we still work tour. at the, uh, I'm on um, his residency at the Hard Rock. So two weeks out of every month, we're at the Hard Rock Hotel yeah. in Vegas. Oh, great. Yeah. So great. we go back June 5th uh, for the weekend. Yeah. Then one, you know, it's two weekends yeah. every month. So yeah, you can Di- go to the website. I, I was always impressed with Dice, and uh, he was an inspiration to me as oh, far no, as comedy. Phenomenal, comic yeah. Line. yeah, yeah, yeah. His Dickory, comedy's even crazier now. His his <laughs> comedy's gotten even crazier Has it? now because he's gotten so into the podcasting that, like, and I kept saying to him, the podcasting is great because you come up with new stuff. Like, you right. you riff on new stupid stuff, you know, like, you can come up with anything. And I think that's what helps, like, Rogan and all those guys, because they do it. Yeah, it's just, you know, I mean, I every day I take headlines and try to write tags for it and yeah. write jokes. So you, so you keep current. I may not use that in my stand-up, but it, it's a brain exercise. Right. And I think that's the same thing with the podcast. What they do is they'll take what's in the news and they make fun of it. Or yeah. you're just talking with your friend who's also creative like you. Right. And maybe we come up with something stupid. So it's kind of like brainstorming and then you come up with a new yeah. comedy bit. So and you got I, I think it's amazing, the whole podcast thing. Yeah. And it's recorded. You go back to your podcast. What was that I was saying? There you, you go. Yeah. It, yeah, you know? yeah. 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 It's like actually. It's I, a workout. Yeah. People like I started writing. Oh, wow. I like that bit. Like I, I'm not good at going and finding. Yeah. Like I will probably never listen to this because I won't know how to find it. Oh, OK. I'm not computer savvy. I'll hang it on your wall. Yeah, it's really embarrassing. At your What's, apartment. No. There you go. <laughs> Come on over and play it for me because that's how I'm like a few steps below retarded uh, with this. kind. Oh, of thing. come on. My dad owns a typewriter store. I have no idea how to figure things out that on the computer. Like it's store. Has um, he owned a typewriter? It must be closing <laughs> soon, or did it just close? It, it soon, closed right? about a year ago. Oh, a and year? You would yeah. think 10 years then, ago would it No, closed. you would think 20 years, just yeah, in case okay, you were yeah, really... I was giving him some extra time there. Yeah, you're no, right. because 20 years since somebody really... I worked... My I have a big fan. I have nine brothers and sisters, right? right? We grew up in a South Philly row home, probably the size of this boat, which is awesome. That's yeah. why I feel very comfortable here. <laughs> I like small spaces. Yeah. Um, yeah, like a trunk of a car. I'm good in those <laughs> situations. We but can arrange that. Li- <laughs> yeah, let's go. Uh, you know, and I get excited um, easily. But uh, so we, um, so when my when we were li- young, when I was really young, my parents split up. And people are like, oh, like I stay real close with my dad, and people are like, oh my god, are you stay close to your dad. I'm like, <laughs> you know, when he left, we were thrilled. I needed the room. You know what I mean? <laughs> I could get the whole drawer now. This is great. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, I didn't get upset. Draw. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get upset. I didn't get like, oh my dad. I didn't give a shit. I was like, yeah. all right. He moved around the corner. 
Yeah, now I'm only <laughs> waiting for 14 people to get in the bathroom. Yeah, there you go, right? And we only had one bathroom. It was frightening. We used to fist fight. I remember at my mother's house, uh, we had a sheet was the door for the bathroom because there were so many fights to get in and out of it that we broke the door down. <laughs> so I have six brothers and three sisters. I literally, people go, you ever wow. been put through a wall? Yes, wow. a say, million times. It sounds times. like there was nine to 16 of you. We were, wow. <laughs> we were like, and my mom, we would always have random pets for no uh -huh. reason. Uh -huh. Like we couldn't afford anything. Why are we adding, you know, right. Right. we could barely afford to feed ourselves. You know, my mom was a yeah. single mom with 10 kids. So the pets were for dinner? You kill them and Pretty cook much, them? you know, grill them up, no. <laughs> but my, my dad was two blocks away playing with typewriters. He was really adding to the financial <laughs> disorder we had going on. So he, like, we would have, like, a dog. And we had the most popular dog. Her name was Fluffy. That literally... All my life, people would say, oh, you're Jimmy's little sister. Oh, you're Karen's sister. I know your sister Karen. I know Kathleen. You know, he would say all these. Every five minutes, I was somebody, something else. Right. Uh, one day, I'm walking to school. I'm walking to high school. I see this guy. He goes, oh, look, it's Fluffy's sister. I go, I'll punch you in your throat. <laughs> Are you serious? Fluffy the dog is. is that popular? <laughs> but she was because my mom was like, you know, I mean, we would get dog food. We had food sometimes, but me and my brother Charlie were kind of soft-hearted, and we would find other dogs, and we would yeah. give them Fluffy's food. <laughs> she, she was, my dog would be like, I'm fucking starving. So Fluffy had more friends than you did. She did, because she would walk around the neighborhood. Yeah. Well, you're busy waiting online for the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. She was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. There's too many people. These people are retarded. I don't even know if I have a leash. I'm leaving. And she would. She would walk around the neighborhood, and... My mom one day was going to work, and this this dog that Fluffy used to hang out with, Blackie, another dog, and his dad was his owner was always around, <laughs> and so Black his owner was there and everything, and my mom was going to the bus, and Fluffy went up to my mom, and my mom was so embarrassed, like oh my god, the fucking dog's out, you know, what do I do? And the guy goes, don't worry, she don't bite, and my mother goes, oh I know, and she just kept walking. <laughs> Our poor homeless dog is just wandering around the streets of South Philly, but every. Everyone knew her, and like, um, she was a little racist. That was uncomfortable. She and and we grew up outside the projects, so sometimes I would come home from school, and I would see like these. We had like this curly slide in our playground. Yeah. And I saw these two little black girls on the top of the slide, and they were like, "You need to help us! You need to help us!" And I'm like, "What the hell are they yelling about?" And here Fluffy was at the bottom. <laughs> she wouldn't let them down. I was like, "Oh shit." My stupid racist dog. <laughs> and I, I was like, I'm so sorry. And they were like, this is all wrong with your dog. I'm like, I know, I know. She doesn't really like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> we just took her. But, you know, we were always like in the middle. She would go crazy. Yeah. Just chase rant. She did not. I don't know what it was. I don't know who taught her that. I was too young to know that, so, so I didn't how was, know. So how was your childhood? Once we're there, you, pretty good. The memories, even oh, though the it was best. Tough, it's tough stuff. Tough stuff builds character. So. You're absolutely right. It's like people. I I meet kids. I meet all, all kinds of people that like grew up certain ways, and uh, like anybody. Like sometimes I'll meet people, especially in LA. Oh, I hate my parents. I hate my mother. I hate my father. My father's this. Ugh, this happened. He did that. You know, they don't tell me they love me. I'm like, what happened? Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, we didn't grow up like that. Yeah. No matter what. 
how bad it was. Like sometimes, it, you know, they would turn our electricity off. They would turn our water off. Like we did not have a lot of money. Sometimes right. for Christmas, my mom would buy things at a fire sale. Right. You know, be like, oh, you know, yeah. let me try to get. I don't know how she did it. I got to yeah. be honest. I, it's part of the reason why, uh, like, part of me wants to be an atheist, but the other part of me says, but then how the hell could this happen? How could my mom get through that? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. there has to be something bigger yeah. and more powerful yeah. out there because it got her through the most ridiculous right. situations. I mean, you got to understand, we have... There's so many of us, and it's not a great neighborhood. Right. It's not a terrible neighborhood, yeah. but it's not a great neighborhood, you know? And like I said, we were, there was a bus barn separating us from the project, so right. we were always meeting in the middle and right. just destroying each other for no reason. So, you know? so are you really good with money and really appreciative no, of the No, no, not at all. Oh, no, really? <laughs> I'm very, um, my mother uh, was, is still... <laughs> She always used to say that she thinks in a previous life she was very wealthy because she just spends like right. we the thing is she you live in the now. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. that's a problem, but at the same time it's a good thing. Right. You know, cuz we're not really good at saving. Right. Like I always say to my mom, I'm really good at surviving. I'm not good at succeeding. Because I can survive anything. But to actually succeed it's a, I don't know. I yeah. don't I haven't hit that yet well that's the character as that's far as yeah survival. exactly it's yeah. like you that's where you build the character but my mom um but that's what you need to go to the next level yeah I mean, like you if certainly we, have the character if we didn't have like if they turned our lights off right she would go you know what let's go get steak you know what are we gonna do <laughs> she you know like she would she would go and like write a check that she would tell them not to cash for like a week until she got paid and she would make us like a great dinner and we would giggle. You know what I mean? Like, because right. there's nothing you can do at that point. And it was like, <laughs> this woman, it wasn't like she could reach up. My grandmom didn't have money. There was no money to be had. My dad's playing with typewriters. You know what I'm saying? There's not, it's not real lucrative. What's funny though. Is not like, even in its day. No. Right? <laughs> maybe in the 50s it was jamming, but. He would be able to sell a couple hundred ribbons maybe. Yeah, or. yeah. And I mean, I, like, I, I worked for him from fourth grade all the way to 12th grade. So, so you I know. Fix a typewriter? Anything you need. Wow. At what are you going to do with that skill? I'm, just I'm not curious. sure yet. I might, I might call uh, Tom Hanks and because uh, he's big into typewriters. He thinks he's bringing them back, which I love. Stop, does he? So I'm going to call Tom Hanks and be like, look. I know you have all these vintage typewriters, <laughs> and they may break down. My grandfather, my dad's dad, invented tools specifically for typewriters. Did he ever market them? No. Would that have worked out in the 40s? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he never marketed them. He kept them for himself. You know, right. he made he them for himself. Own. He was like, he was that amazing of a man. Like, unfortunately, I never got to meet him. He died a month before I was born. But I know so much about him. Right. And um, he he made these tools. But they never marketed them. Uh, my dad used them up until last year when he closed his typewriter store. He still has them. So, so I'm going to call the, Tom what, Hanks. What was the final decider on closing? Did it, uh, how did it finally set into him? Besides it having no customers. It didn't. It didn't. He, he ever was, set into even him. Even when he closed? His wife made him close it. His wife was like, she's retiring. Right. From a real position. <laughs> well, she's a sugar mama. And I love yeah. my dad. I do. Yeah. I tease him. I make yeah. fun. 
But in all honesty, it was like that was his passion. That's what he loved, and that's yeah. what he did. So it's like, I mean, maybe he shouldn't have had ten kids if he wasn't gonna. Um, <laughs> wow. If he do, wasn't gonna do, evolve, wow. if you will. Do, do you realize they say that uh, you spend about one point five, one point eight million now on bringing each kid yeah, can up you till imagine? they're about eighteen? Can 10? you imagine? Yeah, I got to cash in. I didn't get any oh of that. <laughs> well, they also say maybe eighteen hundred. Well, they, yeah, they also say if you don't have the child, that you don't have the money stashed somewhere. Mm-hmm. Actually, you just well, you somehow don't find it during the bringing up. But exactly, because you don't work harder. Like yeah. he, my mom had, uh, she worked for the Navy shipyard. She worked for the government, and she worked oh. from nine to five. And then during football season and baseball season, she would work for the Phillies and Eagles. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's a vet girl. She okay. was a nylon girl. And she, and this is back in the day when the Eagles were good. And uh, Dickie Vermeil was our coach. And she, he would, before every game, Dick Vermeil would jog around Vet Stadium, which is no longer. It's Stallone closed. He oh. went and did oh, the closing. I didn't know that. Yeah, right. of Vets. And my mom cried. She goes, Oh my God, my God. <laughs> Not as hard as I was crying because yeah. my pseudo husband was in my city without me. It was really uncomfortable. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> So he, uh, we did, so she, um, she would be running late because she'd uh-huh. be coming from one job to run to the other right. to hopefully get us good Christmas presents and have a nice Thanksgiving and maybe a good uh, Halloween, which was one of our favorite holidays. Right. So she, uh, she would be running to the stadium and Dick Vermeil would be running around and she would go, oh, hi, Dickie. Like she was good friends with him. <laughs> and he'd be like, hello, like just uncomfortable running by her. <laughs> But she was amazing, and a cup about 15 years ago, Roseanne Barr, I always forget what name to call her, but I I love her, she's a sweetheart, Mm -hmm. Roseanne uh, had a talk show, and I knew all the writers, it was Paul Mooney, everybody from the comedy store, Uh Alan Steven, Uh they were all working for Roseanne. Roseanne's a comedy store girl, so yeah, you know, I know Mitzi, her from Governors in New York. Mitzi discovered Roseanne, though. I mean, like gotcha. someone brought—I can't mm-hmm. remember who brought her to Mitzi, but it was like Mitzi, right? Thus became Roseanne, kind of thing. Yes. So she's a very Mitzi loves her in the comedy store. You know, it's a whole thing. But so I went to her show because I had my brother Tommy was in town, and you know how they have warm ups and stuff. Yeah. And I was like trying to impress my brother. I'm like, yeah, let's go to a Roseanne taping. So we go to a Roseanne taping, and he, uh, it, the, the warm up comes out, and he's like, who is the best mom? And I'm like, we do. And so they were like, tell us a story about your mom. <laughs> so I told his story. I, I don't remember which one. There's so many great ones. And the guy was like, jaw dropping and the other girl who had her hand up put her hand down she was like I don't think I can stop that so that after we're sitting there we're laughing and my brother Tommy's embarrassed because he doesn't like to make it he's very shy yeah. and I'm making a spectacle because I'm an idiot I, I, I wasn't even a comic at this point I was still being a serious actress I was going to be the next Meryl Streep not a lot of things worked out but we'll we'll see what happens now I'm going to be a clown so uh <laughs> So so Tommy's like embarrassed that I'm making an ass of myself and uh afterwards the producer comes up to me and goes, Hey, uh uh Paul Mooney said he knows you. Can you come to the back? I said, Yeah. So Paul Mooney was like, Oh, homie, we gotta have your mom on the show. And I was like, What? So I was like, Are you crazy? I goes he goes, No, I have to we ha- oh, your mom's gonna be the domestic goddess. And I'm like, 
oh shit, really? So he's telling me all this stuff. So I'm kind of like excited because this is how bad I am. I'm thinking, oh good, my mom gets a free trip to LA because she can't, she would not be able to come see me a lot because we didn't have money and uh, and whatever. So she she's still working around the clock at this point. So I'm like, oh my gosh, that would be so exciting. I'd be so thrilled. And I call my mom and she says, you know what? That's really nice. Again, with the humbleness, humble pie, which is what I eat all day. Uh, she says, Eleanor, that's really nice, but I don't want to go on there because Roseanne sometimes tends to bash men, and I don't want her bashing your father. He left her with 10 kids. And she's wow. like, no. I don't want, and I go, Ma, I'll make it a stipulation that she doesn't bring up that. She doesn't say anything bad about, you know, she, I'll make. She has a lot of character. Unbelievable. Like, who would wow. say that? Uh-huh. And so uh, Roseanne said, okay, she wouldn't say it. And she didn't. She, uh, she, all she focused on was, you know, you're with 10, you have 10 kids, you're by yourself. How do you stand up? You know? So that happened. My mom oh, came out. She great. did Roseanne. We we had a day of getting our makeup done. It was very yeah. exciting. That's really neat. <laughs> yeah. So, at the time, I was waitressing at the comedy store, so I was just thrilled yeah. to. We had a hotel room. My mom didn't have to stay with me and my roommate, who I loved, and my mom loved too. She wouldn't have cared, but right. it was like a nice kind of yeah. treat. And now it's documented that my mom is a domestic goddess. That's great. That's great. So yeah. I know you seem very inspired by your mom. I oh, know that she's... your mom's probably pretty inspired by you after that, right? Well, no? yeah, she gets, she is, and then she gets embarrassed. Again, it's, uh-huh. we're not showy people. We're not like, hey, look at us, you know? So there's no or, one, nobody else? We're not panhandlers. All right, gotcha. So there's, there's no carnies, a variety, or uh, no, I'm the only idiot. your family? You're the only one, huh? I'm the only idiot. That I know of. But I will say, like, my mom always wanted to be an actress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not in a terrible way, but my grandma would say to her, um, oh, honey, you have to be beautiful to be in the movies. <laughs> not that my mom wasn't be- she, What she meant was, back then, and they really did. I mean, you think of Marilyn Monroe, things like that. Yeah. Like, they, you had to be. Rosalind Russell was your quirky sidekick, and she was hot. You know what I mean? Like, it was not, you had to be a certain, and it it still kind of holds true, but then there's so many, like Roseanne's, breaking those barriers and such great characters coming out of them. But, like, you know, even Mae West, who was funny, was still, hey, baby, you know, she was a hottie. That's what my grandma meant. And my mom, not that she was, she was a beautiful woman. Right. She's gorgeous still yeah. to this day. I'll bite her face. Right. But she... Well, that must be where you get your looks from. I, yeah. I, know, I know there's a podcast and you, we're not on video, but there'll probably be a still post. If you but... go on my Facebook page, I have pictures of my mom. Damn. We look like twins. I worked with a great comic in Atlantic City at the Borgata, um who my family loves, uh, Uncle Larry Reeve, you know, Uncle Larry. Uh-huh. Okay. And, um, my family just still talks about him by the way, which is awesome. And cause I was like, Hey, come see me. And they're like, Hey, a tip from your uncle Larry. I'm like, no one heard me, nothing, <laughs> you know, but he told me something. You learn something every gig for me. I feel like I learned something every time. Oh, yeah. And with him, he said, um, he was headlining somewhere random. 
and he or or he was featuring I'm sorry somewhere random in the beginning stages and he did his act he was booked by the booker uh, and then the headliner never watched him and came out and covered all the same topics and bombed and he goes so in from that he learned to watch every time. So he watched my act, he watched the other guy's act, and then he went and did his thing. Right. Like, he, he was like, you always have to be able to shift gears. Because you yeah. don't want to be like a, a whiny headliner, don't do this, don't yeah. do that, don't do this. Sometimes outside bookers, especially the Borgata, when you're working just in a regular circuit, you don't know who you're going to be lined up with. No. They book three people. Mm-hmm. One's a headliner, a feature, and an opener. Yeah. So unless you know that person, yeah. or you get there early and say, please don't talk about Rice Krispies, I have a great Rice Krispie treat yeah, joke. Yeah, which I can't, I, I feel you can't go that far with it either, but I'm an actor host before I was a comic, mm-hmm. so setting the pace, the energy of the room, Absolutely. I'm hoping that all my comics are watching, they're not in these rooms, Yeah. I set it on fire, they come out, they do a slow pace, they change the whole feel of the room. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, like you're saying, when you're in the back, if somebody listens, they're like, "Oh my God, I can't do the joke about the cereal." Oh no, I yeah. can't do the, I can't do, I can't do the joke about my mother just because somebody did a joke or something similar. Yeah. So, uh, you so know, it kind of flatlines. I don't know what's if it's it's better not to listen, and then you don't know the pace and tempo, but you're not freaked out about the material, right. or to go listen. I don't really freak out about the material because it's kind of hard to steal any of my jokes or do any well, of mine in front of me. Right. This is another blind guy and a short guy in front right. of me. In which case, I've got tons of material and life experience. Exactly. I don't, I don't really care. Well, like, yeah, my thing is, uh, it's. I agree, it's hard to steal. And I've known so many thieves in comedy and in real life, too, which is yeah. where, you know, uh, I know people that would rob this boat in a second. But I'm not going to tell them where we are. Uh, Don't tell them where we are. This is a bottle of like open pit We're barbecue sauce. We're not in sauce. Marina Del Rey Harbor. Uh, all of a sudden, like a crooked nose comes knocking on the door. Hey, what are we doing in here? Hey, what's up? You're fine, you know. Um, but like nobody's going to be talking about a typewriter store. That's a very random. Right. Yeah. Right. And nobody else was raised by a, a Marine who opened a, who owns right. a typewriter. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many <laughs> random. You can't write that. And kind I, of stuff. exactly. Yeah. And I talk about my family and I try, I try to stay with that as much as possible because yeah. it does give you originality. It does give you a sense of who you are and a point of view on stage, which is what so many people are lacking. You know, like sometimes uh-huh. you'll see comics, you know, like. My favorite comics, they have their uh, point of view because they've went through everything. You know, like Bill Burr's the greatest, to me, comic right now. He's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Dom Irera, these are like the top. They know I'm themselves. A, I'm a big fan of Dom's. Oh, Dom's my big best friend. He's in Ireland right now visiting with my ancestors. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, great. He goes to Ireland, I go to South Philly. Oh, great. You know? <laughs> I'm doing a movie in Ireland soon. Oh, really? But, uh, yeah, he's in Kilkenny right now doing a festival. Oh, Kilkenny. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, he says, don't do the joke or he'll punch you in the face. Oh, okay. The South Park joke. Uh, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Kilkenny. I get it. He gets angry. Um, but, yeah, Dom's one of the best. He's taught me so much uh, with the stand-up. Like, because for years I was a waitress at yeah. the store. Um, for a long time, I was Mitzi's personal assistant, you know, so I was around stand-up comedy, but I was always in 
some ridiculous play where I was just raped or, you know, I was always crying. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> is dead around me. I'm the only one alive yeah, kind of drama. play. Yeah. And all my friends were comics and they would come see that going, why are you doing this? You're funny. And I'm like, you're an idiot. You don't know what, this is me. Yeah. I just, I went to Temple. I'm a theater major. I know Shakespeare in and out. They're uh -huh. like, you're an idiot and you're doing the wrong thing. So I never listened to them. And they would always tell me to do stand-up or, you know, I mean, like Dom, uh, Rogan, like all of them. They, yeah. Every night, Freddie Soto. I don't know if you know Freddie. Yeah. Freddie, Freddie was... I know of him. Uh, Freddie was my best friend. And when he passed away, I was uh, engaged to Dice. Okay. And I did not handle Freddie's passing well. So, and Andrew was very close with him too. So... Uh, I didn't really handle it well, and for like a year I kind of checked out, and then I lost my grandma right after, and my family is, you know, everything to me. Mm -hmm. So w what happened was, I, after like I started to kind of come out of it, I had already ruined my relationship with Dice. Not in a bad way, but like, you know, I kind of checked out. I wasn't there for him, you know. I kind of screwed that up. Yeah. And it's it's fine. I mean, because we're still best friends, and mm -hmm. we kind of grew apart, so we understood. There's no crazy animosity. And, right. And so we still stayed very close, and we were filming a show at the time, a reality show, <laughs> which kind of stinks because everybody breaks up when they do a reality show. <laughs> it's kind of oh. funny. <laughs> we became stereotype or uh, whatever, statistics. Yeah. And so um, we, we were doing that show, and... That was airing, and I was like, you know what? I started to hear, like, in my head a lot of Freddy. Like, dude, you got to do your one-woman show. Dude, you got to do this. Dude, you got to do it. So I started doing it, and then Dice came to see it. So I started out, and I went up at the West, uh, the West Side. Oh, okay. That was the first place I did stand-up. Right. And I, it wasn't... She's talking about West Side Comedy Theater. There you go. Rap Pack shows there. Yeah. Oh. And uh, I did uh, my first... I would just tell stories about my family. And two really great comics, Adam Barnhart and Cynthia Levin, were helping me kind of develop this storyline. And then I would go do Adam's show at the comedy store in the belly room on Sunday nights, which is also a great show, Comedy Revival. And um, Adam would let me do little bits and pieces. And then Dice came to see it, and he was like, dude, you're doing stand-up. I'm like, no, no, this isn't stand-up. This is acting. <laughs> this is me telling my stories. He's like, it's stand-up. And so he gave me three months to go on the road with him. He gave me three months to come up with ten minutes. I went from four people in the belly room <laughs> to 2,500 people at the Wells Fargo Center. Nice. In uh, San Fran, Santa Rosa, California. I and still tell people I'm not a comic. I'm an actor acting like a comic. Well, well, but now I feel like... Are you a comic? I'm a comic. I still say I'm, I'm a comic. An, I'm an actor, actor. I had to let that... And, <laughs> and not that I'm not really a good dramatic actress, that that's not going to come up later. Yeah. When, well, it all comes you know, circle. the world ends and I'm the only one standing there crying. <laughs> no, just kidding. But it was every joke. Like, Freddie... Like I said, Freddie Soto, when he would, like, edit my reel, he'd be like, oh, good. You were molested by your father in this one. Great. You have to cry the whole time. Like, every time he would edit, he goes... And one guy, my uh, another great comic, uh, Willie Bingo. You know Willie? I've heard of him. Okay, he's a nice kid. He's a nice guy. And uh, he made me come over and tell this story. And 
it was emotional and I was crying and he put a laugh track to it because he was so because I always I would always do these dramatic pieces he put a laugh track over it lighten it up a little bit it's the greatest piece I've ever seen because I'm literally crying about dating and I'm like I'm fun I'm fun to be with and I'm hysterically crying and he's got this hardcore laugh track it's so brilliantly done I want to see that yeah we have to ask Willie Bingo if he can show it when I did it for him he was going by a different name but he's still Willie Bingo so what's next for you what do you want to do well I want uh, to write I have a pilot that I wrote about my family a show Uh Um, and I want to get that on I want to get that on TV and going sitcom. It might be more like a a, like a cable show, like a HBO or a Showtime. Right. You know, it might need a little language. Yeah, my family's a little out of control too. A little out of control. Little uh, it's South Philly. (laughs) It's a little uh, you know, but like people think my dad's typewriter store is a mob front. I'm like, yeah, right. You know, mob fronts are lucrative. But uh, yeah, I say I always say that like in my act, I'm like, wouldn't it be great if you just walked in and hit the shift key on an underwood and the wall spun and it became a speakeasy? You know, <laughs> like yeah, that's that's what we're doing. <laughs> but so yeah, I wrote this uh, pilot that I'm kind of shopping and trying to get out there. Right, so we'll right. see. I've and been ex- a part in there for me, of course. Of right? course, okay. I don't okay. see why not. Right. We need a lot of Tonys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and your height is perfect. Because I'm nice and tall? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. In South Philly. Everybody I dated, I ate soup off their head. How, how tall are you? 5'7". Yeah. No, 5'8". I five just eight? said 5'7". 5'8". Yeah. I'm 5'8". Yeah. She's actually a tall chick to me. Uh, I'm, I'm, used I'm a to tall like, chick to a lot of people. I'm I grew used to up dating. I like to date 5'10", 5'12", so I can climb up. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so, if I'm wearing heels. Yeah, yeah. You don't even have to. Then I'd have to go up on you. Yes, so, it's very exciting. But yeah, she's she's a tall girl. We we look like a really uh, cute couple. So you still single? I am right now. Are you? Yeah, I'm trying to stay that way. Are you really? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm single. I just you know, I'm on the uh, hit it and quit it th- these days. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can't, I can't get in another feel relationship. Cheap. I don't know if that'll work for us. I feel cheap. <laughs> I don't know. Ew, hell, cheap. Uh, yeah, I've been engaged twice. I'm not a closer. Yeah. Yeah, it's not my thing. So right, my well. my first ex fiance, uh I'm still somewhat friendly. Yeah, you know, I talk to him once in a while, but Yeah. And, and it would have been dangerous if we went the distance. Right. Because his father was one of seventeen. Hmm. Uh his uncle was uh played for the Brooklyn Dodgers, Ralph Branca. Oh, okay. Yeah, the pitch he was just in uh, forty two and the shot a shot heard around the world. When, so what did he do? Billy, my first, yeah. he was a booking agent. Everything well, had to do with comedy. You, yeah, you God having damn a pattern it. here or what? I find that it, it's almost like I'm blind. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I what can't see what doing? I was doing as I was waiting tables at the comedy oh. store all those years. Entertainment relationships are tough. We both are in the entertainment biz. That's tough. yeah, but well, the agent thing. I mean, and he was a booking agent for comics. And then dice. Yeah. Great guy. Terrific. Funny guy. Yeah. Super talented, but the two of you doing entertainment. Well, yeah. Is it, that the issue? Or no. Bad, it's just you. You're not no, it wasn't. Married. You're not a Marion type? I think I'm not a Marion. I don't know. I, I really yeah. I really don't know. if Family I'm, type, lots of character. I'll, I'll stay with you, but I don't like signing things or making legal. 
Anything legal, I'm not into. You know, I think I agree with you on that because yeah. I've never been married, and it's kind of a why do we have to have this? I don't understand. If you want to yeah. be together and you're having fun, can't you just do that? What's this whole... Yeah, and like my... my it's my, a false security because once you do it, usually you break up or, you know, especially in California. There's a oh, lot yeah, of California. I have rates a, so high. Why do it then? And then this way you stay together and continue having fun. Right. And I have so many friends that have gone through such terrible divorces. Like my mom and dad are good friends. My sister Karen, when she split up with her husband, were good friends. He actually That's lived. That's rare, though. Come on. I, I know I know it is, and I think it's because people hate each other. Until they I break don't, up. but they but here's the other. thing: I don't know how it gets to that point. Like you have to figure out a way to. First of all, I grew up in a very forgiving, unjudgmental yeah. household. Yeah. Um, my dad left my mom with ten kids. Is she gonna waste her time on hating him and his new right. girlfriend? Right. Is she or is she gonna stand up? And be the person who right. raised, who's, she's responsible for 10 children. Well, Do you I'm, know what terror we yeah. could have caused? I'm with you on that, because I, I don't understand either. I guess it's the passion and the love. You love, you love, you love. Of and course. Then, then you, when you got to cut it loose, you got to cut each other or something. It's like really, right. and so, it and gets bad. It gets it's ugly. not easy to do, but it is a lot easier to do it if you don't do it filled with yeah. hate and animosity. Oh, yeah. Then all of a sudden you got lawyers, money, the and, kids are and hurting, you're suing each other. It's 20 years later, oh. you're still on this one person. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like Wasted my energy. good friend, it's 10 years and she is still coming after. Just let it go. Yeah. Or kill yourself because you can't handle <laughs> life. That's well, how I feel. And by the way, Eleanor is sitting here talking with her hands. It really Sorry. should be a video because she's talking with her hands, and I love it, and you really should see it. The only part I don't like about it, if you hear all those noises, that's her all over the talking I can't sit still. Yeah, she can't. I like it, though. Just deal with the You're animated. I am. So you're very cartoony. No, I'm 100% Irish. No. Isn't that weird? I'm making you Italian. I'm only Italian through injection, and that is it. Oh, all right. All right. That's enough. That's okay. Yeah. And growing up, I had three boyfriends named Mario. All right. And they get really angry when I say that. Well, one I was with for like six years, I think. Three boyfriends named Mario at the same time? No. So Mario Brothers. You actually dated Mario Brothers? I dated the Mario Brothers. No. Wow. I would play the game, but... Okay. They, there was um, different. They were all different times. It was just random that their names were Mario. Right. It was just funny. It was like silly. Two of them were best friends. They have a brother, Luigi. They were best friends. No. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but it's it, yeah. I just I grew up in an all Italian neighborhood, and in South Philly, uh, it's still segregated. So that's fun for everybody. Uh, but I grew up in an Italian neighborhood, and there was like five. Irish families, maybe more, but the five Irish families were very big. You know, like the Kerrigans had 10, the Gallaghers had 11, the Duffies had 11, you know? It was a lot, you know, it was like, oh, wait, all right, we're not going to bother them because (laughs) they have their own gang, you know? So no one really bothered us, and we just kind of blended in. And what happened is you grow up and you just talk like that. Like, all, all my friends are Italian. I have, like... One like one's half Irish, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I would go in the Irish neighborhood, which is very tough, 
and they would say, let's beat up that Dago. And I'm like, I, my last name's Kerrigan. I got shamrocks coming out of my ass. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm 100% Irish. I just, so, I yeah, I got jumped a couple times in the Irish neighborhood. Yeah, I like that about you, too. She's a tough chick. I don't chick. Yeah, I like She's to fight. She's beautiful and a tough chick. I do like to fight. I wouldn't mess with her. Because you shouldn't. I wouldn't want to meet you in a dark alley. The anger issues, I don't know where they came from. Could be my daddy and his... You know, like my dad joined the Marines so he can kill people and not have to go to jail for it. So that's that's awesome. It's <laughs> a great way to think about it. Dad. Oh, that's in your bloodstream right there. <laughs> yeah, I think he has anger. Yeah. And then some of us have it, some of us don't. Like my mom is the most patient person I've ever encountered. I mean, you have to be. Have you done any boating? No, not really. I have. It makes gone... me less angry. I want to kill people less or uh, kick their butt less. You're saying like, <laughs> if if it's I got relaxing. into boating, yeah, I wish I would have boated you. Well, I can't really relax I'm if I'm like, oh, relaxed. is that a shark? Yeah, I can't really relax. I feel like I'm in the wrong neighborhood. Don't get in the water. Stay yeah, but in I'm the boat. I'm 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 on his roof. Oh, you understand? Okay, okay. I'm bothering him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he can't come in yeah. my neighborhood. I don't go in his neighborhood. I kind of keep that All South right. Philly segregation going. So does that mean, because we're just bobbing around out here today like usual. Yes. Uh, mostly because uh, every one of my guests don't want to really go out boating. They're scared of <laughs> I'm not, sharks. I'm not scared. I'll fight anyway, a shark right now. I just don't want to bother him. You know what I mean? You'd bite its head off. You'd leave it for dead. Probably the whole I one time was at a party in uh, Malibu, and I was <laughs> with... Uh, a friend of mine, and I was on the, I'm such a hood rat, like I don't get a lot of things, and this was a beautiful <laughs> Malibu house, and people were out, just, stand, they stand on the surfboard, and they uh, use the oar, have you seen that? Yeah, Okay, yeah. I've never seen that. Kind of weird, no yeah, life preserver, yeah. in the ocean, no It's like rules, you're not really no surfing, you're yeah. kind of an asshole, I don't yeah, really get it. I don't get it either. So this guy's out there, and I'm watching him, and I'm like, wow, that's a weird sport, you know? And we're in Malibu, and it's gorgeous. <laughs> I'm like, that's a weird... Is that a shark behind him? But here it was... I was shitting myself. I'm like, oh, my God, nobody is... The God, there's a... Th it was a dolphin. <laughs> and then the guy just pets it, and I'm like, don't touch that. That's not your business. Get out of his house. Like... <laughs> In my head, I was like, is that guy crazy? I was like, and I'm with this little girl, too, who was at the right. party. And I'm thinking, this girl's going to watch that guy get eaten right now. And I was like, you should go inside, honey. She's like, no, look at the dog. <laughs> He's going to eat him. Like, I'm so unfamiliar. You are so East Coast. Exactly. I'm so unfamiliar with the laws of the water. I mean, I'm a sailor now, and it took years, but I'm still, people look at me strange when I say certain I mean, such a there. spectacle at that party. Yeah. I, I was never invited back. So I want to see you uh, soon live, and I want to see you acting. I'll send you my reel. No one else watches it, so you can. <laughs> oh, uh, that's because you're going to be working on something really soon. I just put it out there. I want to. See I put it out there. Really I'm, it's going to be big. Yeah, I mean, we're sitting here getting ready for the show, doing a sound check, and she's talking on the phone to her commercial agent. Stuff coming in, phone calls. My, yeah, age, so I don't even hear from my agent. My commercial agent asked me if I don't mind swimming in a lake, so I'm sure there's something big coming up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, something big. It's like it's some sort of lake snake. Is that's yeah, what, that's the, the what it is. Waiting is for you. The he's gonna drown me because he can't get rid of me. <laughs> she keeps calling. I have nothing for her. No one wants her. Yeah, can you swim, Eleanor? Oh, we really don't care. Can you do this uh, <laughs> lake thing? <laughs> We're gonna put you in a submarine. Send you over to North Korea. See what you can work out. 
Yeah, as long as they keep putting you to work. That's right. That's right. You know, we're basically all just a bunch of whores in this entertainment industry. Oh, I'm a whore in so many industries. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be a whore in the food and beverage industry, oh. and now I'm a comedic whore. And I'm a we'll whore see what happens. in every way. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a sweet, soft Call voice. Me. <laughs> Call me. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Okay, so. Now I can't tell my mom to listen. Why not? Because I told everybody I'm a whore. No, she gets mad on. when I she say knows, that. She knows what you mean. She knows you're not. <laughs> she knows I am. <laughs> really a whore, that you're just a whore. No, she knows. She knows. Moms know. Yeah. My, my mom doesn't like a lot of things that I say, probably in this show that we talked about today. Sorry. That I mention her, that I discuss her mustache on air. Wow, you or, didn't bring yeah, that up. She's an Italian mom. Well, you know, she is so Italian. We go for the jokes, right? Yeah. I'll tell you one of the... Is your family okay with that? Yeah, my, my mom doesn't care. She'll get right back at me. But, Great. Uh, yeah, we have a, we're not real thick-skinned people. We, we lost that from sharing beds together years ago. Right. And not in a sexual, you know, we just didn't have the room. Like, I literally, I slept with my, I slept in my brother's room. So there were seven of us in one room. Me and six boys. Wow. Frightening. So I don't really, I didn't like know I was a girl until like a week ago. So <laughs> I really don't know I'm a girl. Dice have to remind you? Sometimes, yeah. Hey, He's like, chick. why do you do that? You know, he gets mad, like certain things. I'm like, oh, I didn't know I shouldn't be lifting air conditioners. And, you know, I didn't know I was supposed to be soft and docile, you know. <laughs> but I'm not that person. I just, you know, like yeah. I said, I was with, always with them. But uh, growing up in South Philly is very Italian. Most of my friends, their parents speak uh, Italian. Like they speak, they don't speak English. Right. Uh, and so one kid moved to our neighborhood, and he, one of his brother, the one kid was my brother Billy's age, and the other brother was my brother Johnny's age, and so we. Um, hanging out all the time, they were learning English from us, which is frightening. That's the worst. Like obviously, it's not gonna. You're not gonna yeah. pass in school if you're cheating off of yeah. us. Like, I'm sorry, I'm making noises with my feet now. Yeah. Um, We're used to it. So, yeah, everybody. No, it was me humping her again. <laughs> kink, 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 kink. <laughs> um, so he, his first, like, month in Philly, this kid, uh, he just moved, all excited. He's cheating off us in English class, you know, like, in school. We're tell you know, we're like, fuck the test. Who cares? You don't need to, you know, let's play hooky. You know, we're teaching him the real South Philly rules. He's like, all right, you know. So we got, we got in trouble for, like, breaking into these U-Haul trucks. And we were probably, like, eight or nine. So what the cops would do is come by in a paddy wagon, catch us. they put us in the back and drive you around the neighborhood, you know, to scare uh -huh. you. So then they'd take you to your house. And so we had to tell them where we lived. And Dante, this kid, Dante, had to tell them where they lived. And... <laughs> He gets out of the paddy wagon and the doors are open and his mother is like this six foot six, God love her, God rest her soul, six foot six, mustache, Italian woman with a house coat on, slippers in the middle of the afternoon. You know, she comes out, she's got her wash rag because they're always working and cooking. And here's her son who just moved to the United States getting out of a police <laughs> paddy wagon. <laughs> 
and the police telling her that they were breaking in the U-Haul trucks and to watch her son and, and she's Americans disgraziata tue and she spit at me and Billy <laughs> what do we do what do we do <laughs> so that was my first <laughs> cursing out by an Italian woman with a mustache oh <laughs> they really she was great god love her yeah but then we became really good friends, and I mean, he started getting himself in trouble. But you know, were you always in trouble? Because um, you look like trouble. We you we would get like we trouble. would get Can in you tell stupid. She's trouble? We would get in stupid trouble. Like, and then as I got older, like I have a sister that's ten years older, and we look yeah. exactly alike. So I say older, meaning fourteen. Right. Uh, I would use her ID to get in clubs. All right. And what's sad is no one questioned it. That's how old I looked at 14. That's crazy. <laughs> so no one ever, I could get beer. I would go get 40 ounces at the, the you know, wherever the Chinese place is. I'm trying mm -hmm. to clean that up, by the way. I don't know if you, <laughs> I was trying not to be racial at that moment. So it, whatever Chinese, the liquor stores, you know, I'd go yeah. in there and buy the 40s for everybody. Because no one ever questioned, uh -huh. oh, there's no way she's only 14. Because <laughs> I was tall, I guess, I don't know, or I yeah. Look like Benjamin Buttons. I don't I maybe I was older when I was younger. Yeah. And so uh I would go in clubs and stuff and then they would raid them and I wouldn't show my sister's ID. I would just hide it cuz they would take it from you. Oh yeah. So and if I got caught my sister would get in trouble. So, so I would get just the club on her So in I trouble. would take that kind of hit. And so a lot of times like that you would get busted they put you in the sweat box for like an hour or hanging on the corners things yeah. like that. Stupid stuff we would get busted for, yeah, a lot. Yeah. And you are in trouble. Matter of fact, this show is yeah. already like 5 to 7 10 minutes over. Oh, am I running the you're light? Trouble. Is that you're what you're trouble. telling? You didn't yeah, give me the light. The light. I, can't, I don't the run light. the light. No, I'm not that person. I, didn't, I would never give you a light. That's <laughs> why we're over. Bat. That's why we're over. All right. We're out. <laughs> Thank you, Eleanor. It's been a fun show. You're coming back. Coming back. You're coming back. We're coming back. I got to right. come back. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You've been listening to Tony Malazzo live and on board with Eleanor Kerrigan. This show has been produced by Tony Malazzo, Alyssa Inferna, and David Ringwald. If you'd like to be on board, check us out on Facebook at Tony Malazzo Entertainer, tweet us at Tony Malazzo Live, or snail mail us at P.O. Box 10074, Marina del Rey, California, 90295.